electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with CEOs, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, recorded at CNBC's live events. Today, a conversation with Mr. Wonderful himself, inventor, entrepreneur, Shark Tank co-host, and O'Shares chairman, Kevin O'Leary. He spoke to my colleague, Kate Rogers, at CNBC's Small Business Playbook event, on August 12, 2020, where he delivered some tough love to the small business owners in our audience. Take a listen. So we're here to talk a bit about tough love, when you know it's time to hang on to your business and keep it alive, and when it may be time to fold, shut down, and start something new. Uh, It's a hard question to ask, but when do you know that your business isn't just in a rough patch that you can grow and move on from, and when it might be time to actually close your doors for good? What are some of the warning signs? Well, we're in a new digital economy now. Obviously, pre-COVID, if you look at how the typical small business model worked, 50% was sold through retail. Uh, Amazon's become a big part of of small business in America. It's about 40%. And then 10% was generally from the the site's own uh, website. Now, obviously, after retail shut down, what becomes most important for any small business is acquiring customers direct, where they get full 100% gross margins or close to it when they sell the product direct to their customer. So here's the key. You have to figure out what your customer acquisition costs are. That's new terminology in a digital economy. If it costs you $20 to acquire a customer and you only profit $10 from each customer, you're going to go bankrupt. So the simple model that everybody should be looking at is, what is my customer acquisition cost and what is the lifetime value of my customer. As long as the cost is lower than lifetime value, you're in business. If you're unable ever to get your customer acquisition costs below lifetime value, you'll go bankrupt. So I give businesses about 36 months. I mean, if you can't do it in 36 months, you're never going to do it and you're going to go out of business. It's that simple. What about now? Does that 36 month time period still apply in this new era that we're living in? Would you give yourself a little more time to potentially stay afloat if you can? No, now it's more important than ever. The new digital America 2.0 is all about using this new technology to drive business direct to customer. That is the key. Uh, You know, I've got a huge portfolio of companies, Kate, over 50. And they all went into this pandemic equal in some cases. But now that we've gone through almost six months of it, about 20% are going to fail. They are the ones that were unable to pivot to a digital delivery direct to customer. Now, obviously, some industries like entertainment, travel, the wedding industry, for example, they have been permanently damaged until there's some kind of therapeutic or herd inoculation to a vaccine, or maybe never. I mean, the problem is consumers' behaviors have begun to shift permanently now. And I'll give you an example. Many people that never used their phones to order groceries before had to learn how to do it, particularly elderly people, or starve to death. Those were their options because they couldn't go out into a co- you know, an economy teeming with COVID, particularly within that target age group. And they have figured it out. So we have a whole new generation 
of people using digital that aren't planning to go go to stores anymore. And now, whether that's 10% or 15% or 12%, who knows? We don't know yet. But my point is there is a fundamental shift, and it's changing the way business works. Not all companies are going to be able to make that digital pivot. That's the key. Any tips or pointers for a company that may be in some trouble now but wants to make that digital shift and they're not quite sure where to start? As you mentioned, there are a lot of tools to do this out there, right? The Internet's accessible to everyone. Social media is accessible to everyone. Any talking points or tips that you could give for a business owner that's looking to move in that direction and doesn't quite know where to start? The key is to understand a direct relationship with a customer involves communications. You know, many people are happy just to sell their product through two tiers of retail distribution. They never met their customers. That's all changing now. You have to reach out to your customer, communicate with them, explain the benefit of your product or service, and above all, tell them you're still in business. And so what's occurring now? Let's take an example of a company in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is a real-life example. And their store has been closed down because of the pandemic. They reached out to around 60-mile radius around where that store was, knowing that the majority of their customers were that far away or no more. No more. So they used tools like Facebook to do geolocked advertising 60-mile radius around that store. And they reached out and said, look, the store is closed, but we can still service you directly. Now, Kate, here's the key that's so magical about this. In the old days, they'd have to burden, they'd have to burden themselves with the cost of running a store Generally, their margins are about 50%. Sometimes they use the distributor for other stores in the region as well. So when they made a dollar of sales, they only took in 50 cents. When they sell directly to their customer now, because they they set up a Shopify platform in this case, and they're using Facebook to reach out to their customers, when they sell a dollar of sales, they're keeping almost 95 cents on the dollar. So effectively, their sales could collapse in half. And they'd still make the same amount of cash flow. But that's not what happened. They were able to recoup 60% of their customers. So they're actually, in the middle of this pandemic, making more free cash than they ever have before because of this new digital pivot, this new digital economy, this new efficiency, this direct-to-customer. And they own their customer. You've got to remember, when you sell through Amazon, a great partner of ours, you don't get your customer's name. They keep it. When you sell direct to your customer on a platform like Shopify, maybe coupled with Facebook, or other tools, you keep your customer's name. That's the pivot. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. (laughs) That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Let's talk about debt. If your business is in trouble, you have options to potentially take on some debt to keep it afloat. What are your thoughts on that? When is that a good idea? When is that a bad idea? You have to be very, very confident that you are going to be able to survive over the next 18 months. In other words, if your revenues have gone to zero and you have no income and you, and you have no chance of having income because you're a bar or a restaurant that is forced to be closed, I do not recommend taking debt on that. Now, yes, maybe you got a piece of the PPP, but that's now running out. And I'm not sure Congress is going to put another package together the same way the old one was. If you're taking on personal liability in a situation where you have no revenue, 
I wouldn't do that. If you have revenue because you've done the digital pivot and you think your business can survive, then using debt might work because interest rates have never been this low in history for borrowers. So there may be a chance to survive that way. Personally, for small business, I hate debt. It's the number one problem maker when things don't go right, like right now. So if you have a burden of debt right now and you can't pay it back, you are technically bankrupt. And I know this one is a personal question, but how much debt should you be willing to take on if it's the right fit for your business? I have an answer for that, Kate, because I've lived through it so many times. Never more than one-third of your free cash flow. You can't use more than one-third of your free cash flow to service the debt, and that includes the principal and interest payments. That's the magic number. The minute you go beyond that, you put tremendous pressure on your business because you're taking the majority of your free cash flow after you pass 50% servicing debt, which is not very productive. It doesn't allow you to reinvest in the business. It doesn't allow you to have any free cash flow to acquire new customers. It doesn't allow you to grow. That's why debt can be so dangerous. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned PPP and obviously Congress working on a potential new aid package that would likely expand PPP, keep it up and running for a bit longer, also could offer some lower interest, longer term loans through the 7A program for businesses that have potentially tapped PPP and want to maybe take on a second one, or for those who are looking at a 7A loan under this program or the actual 7A SBA program. I mean, how do you look at these programs and figure out what might work well for your business in the position that you're in right now? You know, it's not a great idea to take money from the government if your business is simply not going to be viable long term because there's been such a change in consumers' purchase behavior. And, you know, I think there's many examples, particularly in travel and entertainment and restaurants and things like that, where maybe some percentage of, the, of your customers don't come back. If you are convinced that they will and you think it's going to work, I think the next package is going to be more loan-like. It's not going to be free helicopter money like the initial two PPPs were. So you have to be very careful in terms of what are the terms of that loan. If you're going to take down debt, it's because you think your business is going to survive and you need a 12 to 18-month bridge. Most people, and look, there's no guarantee to what I'm saying here, but it's assumed with 126 attempts to bring out some kind of vaccine that one of these will work. And we'll get a therapeutic around the same time, too, so that maybe within 18 months we've solved for Corona-19 in some way and we can go back to whatever the new normal is going to be. But again, I always cautious people, you know, caution people, be careful because debt becomes a barbell of weight on you. And if you've never had debt before, never serviced it, never lived with it in a small business, then you haven't experienced how stressful it can be. Sometimes it's better, and I know this sounds like really tough love, that's how we started this conversation, to let it go, and every entrepreneur knows what this is about, and start anew, afresh, after you have more certainty in what the market looks like. There's no shame to shutting down a business if you don't think it can be viable. Entrepreneurs figure it out. They find new opportunities. Many, and the most successful ones, have failed one or two or three times before they find the one that works for them. Remember, you only need one hit to set yourself free in life. And you can't hold on to something that's not going to work because it won't give you enough time to find the good opportunity. you got to pivot. You have to realize it's tough out there. And I don't have to tell people that have been entrepreneurs for a long time this because they know. But sometimes it just isn't going to work out. And you have to find something new. And you can. Hi, I'm Ben. 
I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's say your business, as you said, tough love, it's time to fold. Do you hang on to part of that idea and roll it into something new? Do you think it's best to just completely start fresh, new idea, new industry, completely pivot the other way? Uh, Because people that have worked so hard to build something, obviously it's not easy, right, to close down, admit defeat, and let it go. What do you have to say about that? Yes, it isn't easy. But when you know in your heart it's not going to work, you have to do that. So it's a great question you're asking. I'll tell you the answer, I think. If you have found during the period that you've been running a business great employees, they're your number one asset. The key to a relationship with your employees is to tell them the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They respect you for that. Never lie to an employee about how optimistic or pessimistic you are. Tell them the truth. You know, they're looking for leadership. They want someone that understands the road's going to be rocky and is going to have their back if they can. If you're folding a business, the key is to go to who you think your best employees are and explain why you're doing it and ask them to hang in there and offer them, and I've done this myself, a piece of the equity of the new business. It's so hard to find great employees, great managers, great people to run logistics, accounting, compliance, whatever it is. If you found them, try and bring them into the next opportunity. And there's never been a time more important than now to have this dialogue because I look at my own portfolio of over 50 companies. 20% are going to fail. I know that. They know that. Because the market's moved on us. It's changed. The world's different. We know know that now because we're watching our revenues dry up, and we don't think they're coming back for a a migrant of reasons, all kinds of different reasons. But what we've done is we've, we've accelerated a digital transformation that should have taken five years into five months. And as a result of that, it's been very, very volatile on all kinds of companies. But I've said to them as I speak to them almost every day, we're, we're a team together. We try and survive. We use our collective buying power to try and drive down our digital costs and advertising and all kinds of things. But I always say if you've got great people, try and keep them. And the only way to do that is to promise them upside in the next venture. There's nothing wrong with doing that. That is the new America 2.0, sharing the upside. And aside from just being honest with those also valuable employees, what other steps do you need to take if you're deciding to fold? What's the playbook here for closing down and moving on? Kate, I've learned something in the last five months that I never thought I'd put so much focus on. What matters now in business, and I don't care what business you're in, you could be in a giant corporate behemoth, behemoth business or you could be in a tiny startup. It's storytelling, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. The ability to take a product or service and create a 59-second video about it with fantastic photography, wonderful imagery, and storytelling, 
That is the new digital America. I don't care if you're a giant sneaker company or you're just starting a clothing startup. You have to be able to tell a story. Customers want to be engaged digitally, and they want to buy direct from you, and you have to have a mission, and you've got to be transparent. You have to be honest. I can't tell you how many video editors, photographers, videographers that I've hired over the last five months all around the world. I need more editing capacity like I've never done before to shoot videos of my products as I digitize my platforms and tell stories. Great storytellers, great entrepreneurs that can face their constituencies and tell them why they're starting their business and what the mission is and what they're going to try and do for their customers and be honest with them and communicate with them. They're winning. They're winning. You remember, I talk about 20% failing. I've got 80% that are just killing it right now. And how have they done it? Primarily Facebook and digital tools like that reaching out directly to their customers. You have to become an expert on social media to do this, and if you're not, hire one that is. Any other major consumer shifts or changes that you think will happen as a result of the pandemic? We don't have a crystal ball, right, but things have really shifted. You're talking about digitizing your business, shooting video. Any other major changes that business owners that are thinking about pivoting, folding, etc., can kind of hear from you, take into consideration for their next idea? Yes, something else, a trend that's absolutely massive. It was fringe only a few years ago, but sustainability is a major theme. If you can create a business that helps reduce waste such as plastics, you're going to get tremendous momentum within the entire consumer base. If you have a social mission to give back, you sell a dollar and 10 cents goes to a charity that's meaningful to the business or product, that matters too. This whole idea of giving back is taking on tremendous meaning in this time of immense stress. And businesses that are conscious of that and understand that's the desire of their customer base are getting ahead. They're accelerating. Do you have a social mission? What are you doing to provide and sustain sustainability? What are you doing to give back? How are you helping people that are in need? These are questions every consumer has from the companies that they're buying products and services in a way that I've never seen before. Kevin, last question here. What's your best piece of advice for a business owner who is in this tough love position, right, of evaluating the business and deciding if it's going to live to see another day or if it's time to move on? What's the number one thing that you would tell them? You know, I I, I had a mentor years and years ago and said there will be times of extreme stress in your business career. And boy, was he right. His name was Jerry Patterson. He was actually a hockey coach. That gives you an idea that sometimes coaching is an innate talent. He said to me, pick a goal, make it a short-term goal, maybe 90 days, maybe six months, and stay razor-focused on that goal. Don't let noise get in the way. Don't let naysayers slow you down. Don't waste a minute of your time debating something with somebody that doesn't help you achieve your goal. Stay focused. And the people that are on your team will see this laser mission you have and join in that momentum. And he was 100% right. This is the time now to stay focused and don't let noise or naysayers get in your way. I mean, it's, it's a classic that you tell a, a, you know, a hockey team that's losing. Well, it works in business too. That was Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank and O'Shares ETFs speaking to my colleague Kate Rogers at CNBC's Small Business Playbook event on August 12, 2020. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information about upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, visit cnbcevents.com. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening.
Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.